good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 273 of the Dave's I Know podcast, um, the fucking bullshit edition of the podcast, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll spend some time on here shortly. So we have the regular crew here. Uh, Jess, how you doing? I am happy to be here. That's very good. You were missed last week by us, but also by our listeners as well. So uh, I noticed to- somebody noticed. I felt great to have- Great to have you back. Uh, and MJ, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great, but I'm mostly happy that Jess is back. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So, uh, all right. Well, let's kick it off. Let's start with the let's pull, rip the Band-Aid, if you will, um, on Minnesota United uh, FC1, Vancouver Whitecaps 1. Um, interesting lineup, obviously, for Minnesota. We knew that going in uh, last week with all of the international changes. I believe there was six starting lineup changes for Minnesota United, and they also played in a different formation, a formation that I'm uh, pretty sure we had never seen uh, in a um, – I'm getting corrected, MJ. Last year, August, Colorado, we pulled out a 4-4-2. Oh. Dick's yeah, good, good sport. That was the game that had the, was the goal fest. You remember we lost 4-3. to three. We were down 4-2. Yeah. Ryan Coleman's – uh, Brent Coleman scored in the 81st minute. Right, right. So not a, not a uh, not a game, not a formation we see very often with this team. Exactly. Uh, oh. I thought I was misreading the board. <laughs> yeah. I go four, four, two. Is that a thing? <laughs> but I was with my my bestie, um, Bree, and she didn't know either. <laughs> so I just said four, four, two. Okay. It is a thing. Um, lots of teams play it. Not Minnesota United regularly. So yeah. Uh, no, so, I was... so we had Amaria and, and Mender up top. Uh, Cameron Dunbar got his first guys MNUFC debut uh, with Frog on the wings. Uh, Trap and Dotson were also in the midfield, and then Taylor Tapias, uh, Coleman, and Valentin across the back with Clint Irwin making his loons uh, his Minnesota United FC debut in goal um, for the loons. Um, I think, you know, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the game, but I thought Cameron Dunbar acquitted himself really well. Um, Clint Irwin looked good in um, in goal. Um, MJ, what are your thoughts on on both those two guys, but the lineup generally? Well, first of all, you have to understand that Cameron Dunbar is 20 years old, and he looked very smock, soccer smart for 20 years old. He did not look out of place out there. Granted, we were going against the Vancouver Whitecraps, but – that considering he looked good he was making good cuts he was being patient with the ball and not just kicking at the net for just because he wanted to or crossing it because he said so he actually looked like he was possessing the ball well so i liked what i saw out of that young guy and also clint irwin is back in the alliance for the first time since that rained out 
U.S. Open Cup match against the Crapids, where we came back Thursday and the supporters were able to move from the Wonderwall side to the Brewhall side to continually heckling Clint Irwin, yelling things like, buddy system, clap, 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 whenever someone else would take the goal kick for him or Wes reminding him why we call him Old Dutch. Again, corporate sponsor, official corporate sponsor of Minnesota United, Old Dutch. And that goes back to TCF Bank when Darwin Quintero chipped Clint Irwin playing for Toronto FC, chipping three times for Minnesota United's first ever historical hat trick. So he's one of us now. And, you know, I went in hesitant knowing Clint Irwin's reputation. We had a good record against him, but he looked well. He looked good. And that goal, the last goal was not his fault. No, absolutely. No, it really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree with you on Dunbar. He looked shaky at the very start, um, but he definitely yes. grew into the game. Um, <clears throat> Coleman, I think, too, looked a little a little shaky at the beginning, but he obviously has been hurt and hasn't played for a while. He grew into the game throughout the throughout the match. Um, he did you know, a lot no of good one, things. Yeah, he did. Yeah, eventually, um, you know, there there wasn't too many terrible performances. We'll get to them um, in a little bit here. But otherwise, um, for, you know, for basically swapping out half of your, more than half of your starting lineup, <clears throat> including um, major pieces on defense in goal um, and you know, sort of in your attack, you know, Minnesota, you know, acquitted themselves quite well. And, and if you would have given me, you know, an option of a draw, at the beginning, I think, I think, Pretty much every every person I've talked to is like, yeah. If you told me this one-one draw at the beginning of the game, that's I mean, that's I think what I predicted, honestly. And with what uh, I would be like, oh yeah, sure, we'll take a point. But just the way the game ends, um, and we'll get to that here in a sec. But let's talk um, less than a minute into the match, and this is something that I know Adrian Heath has talked about in press conferences about the team not starting games and halves well. Well, again, <laughs> again, Minnesota almost gives up a goal. In less than a minute oh. into the less than a minute into the game, uh, Brian White has a uh, a shot that just ricochets off the crossbar. Uh, Zarek Valentin, I think, was the one who gave the ball away. Um, this is a thing that keeps happening and needs to be fixed. I know the team needs it knows it needs to be fixed. I believe uh, one of the defenders, I also was commenters at Valentin, commented on it after the game, basically saying that that is unacceptable. We need to have our heads in the game. I mean, you can't really put that on Adrian Heath, unfortunately. Like as much as much as we like to bag on him for for his management style like uh you know players not being ready to start a game that's that is not on the manager that is on the players so i used to think it was because we had different players and we still sucked at it but it's now made obvious that this is something that heath has stressed so if he's been stressing it and the players are still doing it yeah i totally agree david it's on the players um yeah vancouver had the better of the of the first sort of 20 minutes of the game, then around the 25th minute or so um, game kind of shifted a little bit towards back kind of towards Minnesota's favor. Uh, the 40s minute, there's an absolutely brilliant cross from Zarek Valentin um, an even better header from Mender Garcia. And he puts the ball in the back of the net on the brew hall side. That's the second goal in two games, um, which is great from Garcia. And it was definitely, you can definitely tell that that is what, so Minnesota has been built. I think this is clear from their first four matches that um, they their whole intention is to, without Reynoso, um, is to be a team that sort of sits back, uh, counters, um, you know, hopefully can, can sort of 
press uh, other teams up in their third when they have the players, like when they have a uh, bongi out there to do, to run around like a, um, like a crazy person um, and, you know, try and dispossess the other team in their, in the attacking third for Minnesota. When you don't have those pieces, obviously you have to do certainly change up your game plan. It clearly looked like Minnesota was trying to, um, you know, sort of, yeah, absorb pressure, um, counter when they could. And then in terms of creating offense was cross, like was crossing, um, switching the pitch. Um, if you will, sort of um, Taylor would sort of uh, cross the ball um, to the other side of the pitch to Zarek Valentin in space um, and you creating, being as wide on the pitch as they possibly could. And that's actually kind of what happened in this one. I believe it was Taylor passes to Valentin who has space to run a little bit. He gets a great cross. And I said, Mender Garcia um, and Dunbar makes a good run that pulls one of the uh, Vancouver defenders and Mender Garcia is able to make a perfect run. And it was a great ball. In from uh, downtown, a great cross from Garcia, and he puts the ball in the back of the net, giving Minnesota one nothing lead going into half. Woohoo! So yeah, one shot, one goal in the first half. So um, you know, good efficiency. Anything else from the first half that you guys wanted to to talk about or mention? No, just that uh, you know our starters, this as you said, despite all the changes, played well. Some of them did need to settle into the game. Some of them had to get rid of some. Oh, I'm starting in MLS again, nerves. But in general, some really good stuff. Uh, I actually liked how both Amaria and Mena Garcia played. And that they were the two that really needed to prove that they belonged on the pitch. Yeah, I Hasn't agree. Garcia now gotten, yeah, second goal in two games, right? Yep. So I didn't feel... Uh, going into this match that Garcia really like personally I didn't feel he had a lot to prove to me you know I, I felt like he had earned his spot considering the international duty and all of that but um, but definitely felt that a lot of others that didn't already score a goal in this season performed really um commendably in their debuts i will say uh, luis amaria continues to be so goddamn slow it's it boggles the mind how slow he is i'm gonna um, say something though that that is is gonna shock your brain both he and fragapane backtracked and played really solid defense they did multiple they did. times so although he looked luis amaria looked slow going forward he looked rather fast coming back, which I'm not used to seeing. Again, um, I've criticized uh, Sean McCauley multiple times for bad defensive tactics or bad defensive discipline or not instilling something into the various players that Minnesota United had over the years. Mm-hmm. And this time, I'm going to give Sean McCauley credit. If he's he's kind of the, the defensive guy, uh, he had our forwards tracking back and playing defense as a team, not just lollygagging waiting for the back six or eight to get the ball and hit it forward to them so um yeah was not used to seeing fragapane uh being that disciplined on defense either and they both shut down uh players with the ball that were they were trying to get balls into the box um all right second half again almost immediately off the kickoff vancouver um nearly scores uh Julian Gressel has a, <laughs> has a great ball to the Jome um, that Quinn Irwin needs to tip over the bar. 
Um, again, same sort of thing. Deja vu of just uh, the, bank, the defenders shutting off uh, mentally or not being re- mentally ready to go. And that is, that's a, a worrying trend for Minnesota because um, especially games like this, they can't afford to, to give up, you know, cheap goals like that. Um, as our good friend says, goals change games. So uh, then we, you know, get to, so then again, this is basically Vancouver sort of takes over and um, Minnesota had a couple of, of decent opportunities early in the second half, but basically from like the 60th minute on it's, it's, it's Vancouver in Minnesota's half, uh, putting shots on, on, on net, um, shots, not on target, um, making forcing Clinton to make saves, um, or, or having, you know, great opportunities that are just wide. Um, Heath brings on Emmanuel Iwe, um, for Mender Garcia in the 66th minute to make his MLS, uh, debut. He had just signed a contract, a, a short contract, temporary short t- contract the day before, um, from the, the twosies to, to play for us. Uh, 76 minutes. Yeah, 76 minutes. Zayden Bellow, same thing. He's just signed a contract uh, for this match. Comes on for Cameron Dunbar, um, also making his MLS debut. Uh, and then in the 85th minute, uh, Mikhail Marquez, he comes on for uh, Fragapane, um, again, making his MLS debut. Um, so we have three young guys, all very, very young uh, players, um, making both their Minnesota United and MLS debuts. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time outside of, uh, you know, like an expansion team um, where you have three players uh, making their MLS debuts uh, at the same time. I'm sure it's happened many times, but I, it's been, a, you know, it's been a long time since, oh, since yeah. that happened. No, it, it was <laughs> remarkable. Four if you count Dunbar. And then, well, that's, he, he was not making an MLS debut, though. He played for the Galaxy before. Oh, and right. So I'm, saying, a, I'm saying MLS debut, debut. Yeah, yes. you're right. Yep, My yep. Bad. I mean, Lou's debuts we had one, two, three, five, because with with uh, Irwin as well. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, old Dutch, forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, old Dutch. Yeah. So, not much to say. Six minutes of stoppage time added by the ref. Um, the ref indicated after the match that he told the teams that six minutes and thirty seconds would be added, um, even though six minutes went up on the board. Um, those, they don't have even thirty so, seconds when those in the board. Thirty seconds. So what? So, Still not yep. seven we, minutes and thirty seconds. There was there was some shithousery by Minnesota United, including uh, two yellow cards for time wasting, one from uh, Bello and one from Luis Maria. I don't think. I mean, again, I I was in the stands. I don't agree. Don't believe that added up to over a minute of of added time. Um, but what happens? Minnesota. There's actually a goal kick um, in like the the sixty. You know, the ninety sixth minute. Um, uh, Erwin puts the ball down. And he, he actually makes the goal kick um, at shortly after 97. So 97th minute goes, he kicks the ball, um, goes over the halfway line, and everybody kind of thought that would be when the whistle blew. I think Minnesota United players thought that, that would be the whistle blew because Mikel Marcus um, takes the ball and, and kind of like, kind of starts to like, you know, juggle it, like a little keepy-uppy. Like sometimes you see players do that after the whistle goes. Uh, the Vancouver players take a, take a little umbrage to that, um, steal the ball off of him, and, and make a run at the goal. And at this point, you know, if he's not going to blow the whistle there, um, he's not going to blow the whistle when they're on an attack like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the ball comes in. Uh, Simon Betcher is there at the back post to, to put it in again. Unmarked. unmarked. And I believe I, was, I didn't. I got, I got to go back and watch the replay. I believe there's about three or four um, Vancouver players. On unmarked. that back post, mm-hmm. unmarked, 
and maybe one loon. So I think it was like four Vancouver players, one loon. Um, so they're three players unmarked completely, and, and all four really truly unmarked. Just a really uh, just a just a rip your heart out kind of dropping of points for from Minnesota, and then have, obviously they get back to the center circle, and as soon as the ball is kicked off of Minnesota, that's when the referee blows the whistle to end the game. So um, a disheartening draw for Minnesota, to say the least. Zarek Valentin was marking up the player that he thought was furthest to the right. Little did he know that after that kick, three more Vancouver Whitecraft players came into the picture. And because Zarek Valentin does not have his bet towards the net, he's facing the ball, he would have to turn his neck a painful amount away to his right to see these people cutting in. No one, including the loons, that are watching these three players coming in are yelling at Derek Valentin to slide over. Tapias has a guy. Zarek Valentin has a guy. Coleman doesn't have a guy, which means Tapias is being double teamed by two Vancouver Whitecaps players, in addition to the three that are over on his side of the net. And Clint Irwin, Irwin almost got over there. Or mm-hmm. he got over there and it, and it snuck in between his leg and, leg and the post. So Yeah. Um, just really piss poor weak side defending. Um, my goodness. Yeah. Terrible way to drop points. Um, just some stats, you know, Minnesota gave up 23 shots. Uh, so Vancouver had 23 shots to Minnesota's eight, five of those were on target for Vancouver, only two on target for Minnesota. Minnesota gave up 11 corners possession. As I mentioned, um, was bad for Minnesota, 63, 37, um, Vancouver, I think, complete almost twice as many passes as Minnesota did. So, um, I mean, it, you look at from XG, from the actual stats of the game, from the actual like sort of run of play of the game, uh, Minnesota should be happy with a draw, with a point here, especially considering the you know the massive amount of, of players and and good players that were missing for Minnesota versus. You know the lack of that for Vancouver. Um, as I mentioned, you know, like in the light, in the light of the next morning, uh, a draw seems like a, a and actually not even just a fair result, but a, a, a favorable result for Minnesota. However, you know the stats don't play the game, right? And and to concede something so late, um, obviously there's been lots of complaining about the referee. My part of my um, idea though is that Minnesota was wasting time. And going out of their way to waste time, like you can't give a referee uh, an opportunity to add more time because they will. And if Minnesota doesn't understand that or realize that, then that's on them. And that is that's a um, again, that's you, the coach needs to let them know, no, get up, play the ball. Don't be di- don't be an idiot and try and kick the ball away for no, you know, like when Luis Amaria kicks that ball away, it's probably only about 15 seconds before they get the ball back. But I'm sure the referee tacked on 30 seconds, just mentally in his head. It was like, oh, that's 30 seconds. And that those little things like that, those little mistakes are what cost um, are what cost you games and cost you points and potential playoff seating, you know, like that's it. Yeah, I, I think so. I was just getting used to the idea of us winning the match um, from home right now. I'm seated on my couch streaming and and I go, oh, no, they're running. They're making a run. Oh no. And it happens. And I go, and I thought the amount of celebration was also untoward 
um, if we're going to start talking about time wasting and things like that, like they, this, the Vancouver White Crafts have not won a match so far this season, not a one. And so I thought our win would be like extra sweet that, that we had so many debuts and we had so many call-ups like looking at Vancouver, it was kind of a boring game there. They don't have any big names. They don't have any particularly entertaining hair or personalities or, you know, like from that perspective, as cheap as I am, <laughs> it was kind of a boring match. Um, and I have, well, can I ask my big question now or do I, do I have to wait for big questions? Because this no. might be a little question. <clears throat> No, hit us with it. Okay. So, like, sometimes players can be fined for bad behavior in other sports leagues, levels, and even the MLS, I'm pretty sure. Can refs be fined or penalized for um, ongoing, let's say there's an ongoing trend of perhaps, or, um, bad calls, right? Does that exist? Refs are disciplined in other ways, uh, usually not fined. Refs yeah. are disciplined by by getting worse assignments. Mm. So, so yeah, less, so, lesser paying lesser paying assignments or fewer assignments. So, I'm sure I'm sure there is some discipline. The pro um, the pro referees are the ones who do it and they they do um, <clears throat> they assign referees for I believe all levels of professional soccer in the U S not just MLS. So um, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're an MLS referee, you generally get MLS assignments um, mm -hmm. and then open cup assignments or whatever, but yeah, they can definitely knock you down sort of a level to uh, a lower league. <clears throat> USL, championship. USL championship or league one or whatever, if you are, and if you are doing well, you get, you can get sort of bumped up. Um, sure. So it's, it's like that. Merit. Yeah, it's, well, they, it's they, the only they, they only they have two rel for referees. <laughs> and they do have, um, yeah. I'm sure there is there. There's I'm sure there's a grading system that so play, people um, watch the referees, grade their grade their performances and things like that. It's not like um, there's not like a you know. And I, I yeah, I don't think there's like a, a monetary fine, but there is definitely a system in place for when referees are are not performing up to where you know they the league thinks they should be or stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So, you know. yeah. Anything else from that game? Um, I think we've spent far too long talking about, um, a depressing one point. So, um, do we want to do, yeah, I just want to say that, that, uh, Julie Russell once a loon menace, uh, was not much of a menace. Uh, he had a couple good corner kicks that were, that were good balls into the box but every time he got the ball in the middle of the pitch in a dangerous area, he shot it way, way, way high. I use my, do you want to join a kickball team? Do they, Julian, do they have kickball teams in Germany? And I was yelling at him. And, you know, he's an American uh, now, right? He's a U.S. citizen? Yes, he's a U.S. citizen. He played for well, the, he I mean, played in January, in the January camp. You know, my kickball league doesn't care if he's a get German a, citizen or get, a U.S. Get a, citizen. Get a, get a new chant, MJ. Get a new chant. Uh <laughs> I you know I'm I'm gonna say let's just skip the Friday news this week. I think I mean I think 
we all probably agree. Zarek probably is the one who deserves it. Um, he played really well, especially that cross. And then mm-hmm. I don't really want to relive um, shitting on Mikhail Marcus for the five minute cameo that he had and giving up that ball. So, and I don't think all things considered, I don't think anybody played particularly bad um, for any extended, any extended period of time. Marcus was getting a lot of shit for doing his juggling thing in the middle of the pitch, but I don't think he was showboating. I was thinking no. he had a hard time getting a hold of the ball. It was bouncing up in the air and he couldn't settle it. And there were people around him. And so you panic, kick the ball and he bounced it up again. Hopefully yeah. a place where you can control it again. Um, in general, I thought the loons, and we've seen this before, both on games that they have won games that they have drawn games that they've lost that, they go from possessing it when they have a lead and they're trying to run down the clock, you doing that with possessing and passes and playing keep away and make the other team just get tired chasing mm-hmm. versus boot the ball and bunker. And they did a lot of boot the ball and bunker this game. And they just do that way too much. They should yeah. they, they should play how they played earlier, which was the <laughs> Give up sixty-three percent uh, of the possession. Oh wait, get, wait, no, not how they played earlier. Let's get let's get to the post-match hot or not review because I think everybody's been waiting for that. They don't want to hear us talking. They want to hear Jess give her hot or not. So yeah, Jess, take it take cool. it away. So, not hot, being well, not hot enough. I have to confess that um, you would think the opener would have been the less pleasant evening for a home match but I was a lot colder at this one and I should have brought my free mittens to go with my free hat um and I did not so we left at halftime but I was there for the goal and I hope everyone has seen the phenomenal video that Bree captured of our goal in the first half because that video is the hottest one I've ever seen taken from my seat hot um, debutants or lunatons or MLS tons. I love cheering for firsts. For I just love cheering, cheering really. And um, it was nice to see. Um, I forget his name already. Our new is he Korean? MJ. Yes, yes, he's Korean. What's his name? Sang Bin Jong. Sang Bin Chong. Jong. <laughs> yeah, S A N G space B I N J E O N G, but Jong, Jong. Is, is the J is and the C H are. It's no, the J and the C H are, are are like one letter in Korean. So, Jong. Jung. No. No. Okay, I'll stop. And um, not hot, Vanny Sartini. Except that he's so not hot, I cannot stop staring at his face every time it's on this TV because I can't figure out what it is precisely about his face that makes me convinced he is a blood relative of Mr. Bean. (laughs) I'm accepting all ideas and proposals, hypothesis, and the like. Please DM me. Um, not hot, not being DM'd by, um, my friend Kaylin when she was in town this weekend for a fucking pole class. That wasn't hot, but I'll get you next time. 
also not hot. I had a close up, you know, not being at the game still to Inchi's weird boy fight with that blonde um, Vancouver Whitecaps player. It's like they had a weird, I would almost call it like a cat fight because it was just like they came together, meow, went apart, and then they came back together again later and like did the, oh, we're men and we're going to do a manly hug, no big deal, and walk away thing. It was weird. Um, I can't remember who the blonde guy was. I'm also accepting um theoretical um and hypotheses on that because it was very strange finally not hot vancouver's roster as i said before i'll say it again i just nobody on this list excites me um so I'm also accepting proposals for who I should pick on on the Vancouver Whitecaps going forward. And that's all, right. all she wrote. Jess's DMs are open. <clears throat> Hit her up. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, Minnesota UFC 2 got their start um, in uh, RSL uh, in Salt Lake in, on Friday. They had a 3 nothing win. Uh, Diego Pacheco with a, a really awesome brace. Um, Misanvi um, had an assist in the first half stoppage time. Misanvi, once a crow, Boyk Misanvi, making it happen. Awesome, awesome. If you don't, if you didn't get a chance to watch this game, it was on Apple. It was it was on the the MLS Apple package. I think you can probably still watch it. Um, the snowy field uh, was it was even snowier than our field. Um, literally, they were just just the the, the box lines is where they they shoveled. Um, the loons played the 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 twos played really good, especially considering. They were missing two of their players. Uh, well, three players, actually. Four total, I actually think. Because I don't think Bedelford... I think Bedelford was technically on the bench for Minnesota United. Um, he normally plays for the twos when he can. Um, plus the two guys that were that signed uh, the two-day contracts. And then Malik Khan, who um, is on the Trinidad and Tobago... Um, you know, he was on international duty. So the Dosalins were down. Um, three or four guys themselves. A huge 3-0 win on the road. I don't, I didn't, oh, they play in uh, St. Louis um, on Sunday. So that's their next match is against uh, St. Louis after the, the day after the Minnesota United match. So um, check it out. I believe that game will be on MLSnextpro.com. Oh, they stream all of their games there. There are a select few that will be on the uh, Apple MLS um, season pass package. So finally, just alluded to it. Uh, Sung Bin Zhang was officially signed by Minnesota on Wednesday. Um, there was a press conference um, that I had the privilege of attending. And then he appeared on the uh, Kipo stand right before the match. Um, he's the only current South Korean player in the league. There have been, obviously, uh, we've talked a few about um, a few other Korean players that have played, but he's the only one currently um, South Korean. He um, has been playing for, I believe, their U20, U21 national team. Um, I think they're going to go to the Asia Games uh, this year. And then um, you know, he's mentioned that he fully expects him to be a full South Korean international by this time next year. So the team is very high on this guy. It's, it's apparently a, a player that they've been tracking for a long time, um, since 2019, at least. Uh, so before, like when he was like 18, 17, 18 years old, um, Mark Watson specifically said that they are currently doing more work in the South Korean market. MJ, you'll, you'll be excited to hear that. So. They, uh, I think they're definitely going to be targeting South Korea as a as a market um, a market that's underserved by MLS right now. 
Um, clearly it is. There's only one South Korean player in the league. Um, you know, we, who, there's lots of theories about why that is, but um, you know, if they can, if they can develop a um, connections there and sort of tap that, that would be huge. And then the other thing I'll note, you promised uh, 10 goals and 10 assists in that press conference as well. So um, some Amaria esque numbers and expectations. And he said for this year, um, I think everybody was kind of, I think, so that's one thing to think about um, is that, you know, obviously players need a little time to bet in um, the reason, but anyways, MJ, you have, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. I have a few more thoughts, but I want to get your, I want you to, to talk a little bit about this guy and what it means to have a, a, a South Korean player on the, on the team. Anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that I've been begging Mark Watson. I've been begging Manny Lagos. I've been begging anybody who will listen, please get a South Korean on the seat for the general stereotypical reasons of them being fast, technically gifted and tactically sound. Now, not all of them have the best, you know, ball handling skills and, you know, are great with their feet and, you know, can do diving headers and such like that. But a lot of them have great technical prowess and uh, a tactical acumen that comes from playing a more Dutch style, uh, Korean slash Dutch style system. And that requires you to understand almost how every position works in your neighborhood. So you can rotate and cycle through and play multiple positions. And since that's something that the loons don't do very well, it would be nice to get players that do do that well. That was my thinking way back when, when I was asking for more Koreans on this roster is get people that don't camp by the net, don't camp in a spot, but like they're cycling and moving around. They pass the move. Lude was one of those additions that I thought did that very well. It would be nice to, to get more people around him that do that sort of thing. On his best days, Fragapane is not just a one-trick pony, but is doing that. He is passing and moving and cycling around on his best days. So, again, uh, what I'm looking forward to with Sangmin Jong is that he has a style of play that could, could, will take some time, mesh really well with Lude, Amaria, and Fragapane, the, the way that they play. Um, they like to possess. They like to pass a little more. On their best days, they're passing a movie or trying to create space for the other players. So that could work out really well. The other thing is with someone like Bongi or Amender, speed. He They have speed. So we could get players up into the attack and helping other players so we're not just looting someone on the right wing and then waiting for the rest of the team to catch up. We have some youth and speed on the team. So I'm really excited to how he can combine with our other attacking pieces. Time will tell if that's a good investment and works out or not. He is 20 years old. He's fucking young, um, like Cameron Dunbar. And uh, I expect good things from him. I do not expect 10 goals and 10 assists from him. Mm -hmm. Um, I will be happy with five and five um, or five and two for that matter. Um, But this year, yeah. uh, I, I, I was extremely excited to see Huang Ingbom when he was in Vancouver, and I was ex- extremely excited about uh, Kim Boon Kwan in LAFC. Both great Korean players, both Korean national team players, um, older than Sang Bin Jong. Sang Bin Jong coming in 20 years old, he's next generation. So we have a chance to develop this guy, and hopefully we don't fuck up his development. Hopefully he continues to, to do well. Yeah. Um, so a little bit more. Um, so he played, he was playing on, so he was signed by Wolves in 2022. Um, 
he was not able to get a visa there because the English visa system is uh, is wonky and like yeah. So he so he had to um he's he had to go on loan. So he went to to Zurich, uh, to Grasshoppers, um, and he had a, a rough time there. Um, he was injured a lot. He was injured a lot right at the beginning, and then um I think when he started playing, he was playing more as like a wing back. Um, so playing a little more defensively. Um, I don't anticipate that being uh, an option for him in Minnesota. I think yeah. Minnesota and Adrian Heath um, and Mark Watson see him as someone across that front line. So either as a striker um, or as a left or right wing. He's played, you know, looking at some of his, uh, his stats, he's played sort of across all three of the front positions. Um, I would really like to see him as a striker, possibly in a 4-4-2, a um, with him playing off of uh, an Amaria um or a mender type as well up there so it'll be interesting uh he's in i believe he's in canada right now i think calgary actually getting his visa um the team was pretty optimistic about, about the timeline and there's a they said there's a very real possibility that we could see him um against st louis um at least on the bench maybe not starting because he can't train with the team to officially train with the team till he gets that visa i think he's been doing stuff on the side and whatever but um, again, it's, it's, there's, you know, that's a, that's a whole other, no, nah, it's a legal issue. And that's not a, a, a team. The team has no control over how quickly that can happen. So that I think they're pretty optimistic about it happening sooner rather than later. So um, I definitely expect that we would see him for sure. The, that, that uh, April 14th. And I think there's a very real possibility that he gets some game time. Um, you know, I think maybe a 10, 15% chance against St. Louis. And I think closer to 75, 80% chance against Chicago when he's got a chance to train with the team for a week. So which is very cool because I'm going to Chicago. So we'd love to see him in Chicago. So, uh, so yeah, I think he's gonna be really good. He's, uh, he's a very nice kid. He's very shy. Um, but uh, I did give him, get a uh, red loon scarf on him during our, our chance to meet. And also I want to say thanks to the team too. They invited um some of the Wonderwall and, and SG leaders who were able to make it. Obviously, it's the middle of the day, so not everybody's able to get away from work or whatever. But it was a really cool opportunity to sit in the press conference um, and uh, sort of, you know, see how that process works, get a chance to meet him, shake his hand, you know, talk to some of the other folks uh, from the team, from the front office. So that was really cool. And so um, hopefully there's more opportunities and hopefully they can we can open that up to some more people. But again, just uh, I think he's going to be a really good addition to the team. On Tuesday, right before that press day before that press conference, Jen and I were tasked with hanging the Korean flag up in our Wonderwall flag display for all the players, represent their heritages. It was a very, like, I was extremely excited, very, very special moment for me, and really glad Jen could be there with me as, as we hung it, mainly so Jen could take pictures of me with the Korean flag. That's really the, the main the main sorry jen I, I i appreciate everything about you and yeah. glad we could do it together but i really wanted uh i knew my arm wasn't gonna be long enough and so i was really glad to have jen there yeah and i got you you were great you sent me those pictures i was able to share those with him and point it out because he hadn't seen it yet when i when i showed it to him so that was really cool um that he got to sort of see the flag and then um and i got to show pictures of you putting it up and all that and and so yeah so it was really cool did you go by that area did you walk up to the wonder wall or no, no 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 we were we were down we were down by the the taconite rock and whatever oh, but okay. i pointed it out and showed him like that's you know the flags up there and and all that so that he knew where to look to look for it so so yeah, yeah that's and that's yeah. a really cool awesome. thing that we that the dark clouds started 
many many years ago and, and continued through um all of the iterations of the of the places where minnesota soccer has played over the years so uh all right finally before our break our once a loon segment uh this one's a, a an old favorites uh mj take it away christian ramirez started for the columbus crew this weekend and scored two goals <laughs> he scored two goals for columbus crew on their six to one route of one Atlanta United FC. So I, I don't know if you are more happy about Christian Ramirez scoring goals or more happy that Atlanta lost six to one, or maybe you're happy for both. Yeah. But that's our once, a loon, one, once a loon, Christian Ramirez, we miss you. Um, yeah. He started, I mean, uh, Columbus had some people out in the international break. Atlanta had, they also were a team that had seven players out on international break um so it was uh yeah that was not a not a great uh not a great experience for atlanta but really good for christian ramirez so good for him okay let's uh take a quick break and when we come back we will discuss uh Minneapolis city gophers aurora and talk a little bit about uh the juggernaut that is uh st louis city we'll be right back you won't me that's I would do then I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all oh, yeah. all right and we are back Minneapolis City um board election uh the we don't have it results yet <laughs> so there's no the votes are in votes are in I want to go on a little rant that uh, there are three board positions open. You could only vote for one, not three or not five with ranked choice voting, which, yes, makes the math harder, but would be worth it. And very Minneapolis if they did ranked choice voting. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a little strange, too, when I could only vote for one person. Um, I was like, wait, can I do this three times? And it's like, no, you can't do it three times. So I there are a lot of of my second and third choices that I would have liked to have voted for. Right. Um, if you get elected to that board, MJ, we should talk because I I have ways to that we could set up a, a Google form that we could do ranked choice voting. So I've done it before for other things. So does the math for you? <laughs> yes. Um, or not even doesn't really have to do the math for you. If you if you only have like a hundred people voting, like it's not that hard to do the fucking math yourself. So it just takes yeah. a little bit exactly. Time, so. it, it, it isn't um, hard. It isn't norm, hard. Normally but... we rag up normally we rag up Minnesota. This time we're ranking up Minneapolis City. Do better, Minneapolis City. So yeah. Um all right, go for soccer, MJ. On Sunday, the Gophers head to Madison to play the dreaded Badgers. And uh they this is a friendly, it starts at noon. If you are in Madison this weekend, for whatever reason, check out the Gophers as they play the University of Wisconsin Badgers. Typically, they're a slightly stronger program than us in the Big Ten. And so it'll be a good test for the Gophers as they continue on this spring-friendly tour, and then they come back here and, and play in Minnesota. We'll talk about that next week. Yep. All right. And then um, Aurora signed a goalkeeper. They signed another goalkeeper last week. I told you about Taylor Kane returning and her transfer from uh, Pitzer College to the University of Iowa. That's a Division three to Division one move. That's huge for her. You have to think that part of her resume, not only for Pomona Pitzer, but for Minnesota Aurora, had something to do 
with her getting that bump up and being able to transfer to a D1 school and play in the Big Ten this coming fall. This week, they sign goalkeeper Amanda Porba, uh, originally from Iowa, Ohio. Um, she redshirted in 2021 and got no minutes in 2022. Not surprising for a younger goalkeeper. So because she was not – like Penn State's a really good soccer program. They send a lot more players to the NWSL than the Minnesota Gophers do. So uh, Aurora signing a Penn State goalkeeper is huge, but it's not a goalkeeper that has a lot of playing minutes. So I don't think it's a shoe-in that Amanda Poor was starting. In fact, it's probably Taylor Kane's spot to lose. So uh, we'll see who gets more minutes uh, come Aurora season, and I can't wait for that season to start. Hasn't Poor Boss scored a goal, though? Um, I believe she has. I believe when they announced her that um, Wes pointed out that she had scored a goal. So I'm all – I love goalkeepers that score goals. So um, was, was it a penalty kick situation or like I, a shootout? I don't believe so. I believe it was like it, – it was – I, I don't know. I you need to I need to look it up. So, anyways, I'm okay. not gonna do that right now. Um, yeah, okay. I, I hadn't heard this. So yeah, hilarious. Uh, okay, Minnesota United goes to uh, St. Louis City. Speaking of debutantes, uh, their first league team, uh, first season in the league. They are currently the Supporter Shield uh, leaders. Uh, they are currently the Western Conference leaders uh, with a uh, 15 uh, points, um, a plus 11 goal differential. That is. Um, uh, unheard of, um, not only for just a an expansion team, but also for a team generally in MLS. Um, I think there's only two other teams that have won at least five games to start the season. I believe it was LAFC uh, in their twenty the 2021 season when they won when they won the Shield, and then Kansas City I think had a seven game a seven in like 2012 or 2014 won seven in a row to start the season. So St. Louis City is playing at an incredible pace. Um, they have somehow secured a deal with MLS that requires defenders to have one bad pass back to uh, one of their players <laughs> to score a goal. Um, Cause that seems to happen every fucking week. It happened again this past week when they went to, <laughs> when they went to RSL and kicked the shit out of, uh, out of uh, RSL um, four to nothing in Salt Lake city. Um, so that is a pretty impressive, uh, a pretty impressive um, feat. Um, mostly because RSL generally plays pretty well at home. Um, so, anyways, so yeah, uh, they have, you know, their their uh, sporting director basically said we don't have a we don't we're not getting DPS because we have eleven DPS and the team is the DP and and saying some, you know, soccer yeah soccer uh, Heath esque BS. Um, however, teams are playing really well. They 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 sort of got a jump last year because a lot of their players. A lot of their sort of like role players or, or not, you know, not big signings um, played together last year in uh, MLS uh, uh, next um, with uh, they, they played against Minnesota United twos as well. Um, they do have a couple of, of DPs, uh, Joao Klaus, um, who is a, a Brazilian um, German, uh, kept that last name. Um, I wonder how how and where the Klaus family came from, um, emigrating maybe from the uh, Germany in the, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm just gonna... Mid, mid 20th century, maybe? Maybe, maybe, maybe mid 20th century. Um, but he scored five goals already for St. Louis City. I said, including a, a crazy, a, a, just a terrible back pass uh, from RSL that he, he jumped on and scored. I got a brace last week. 
Uh, and then Nicholas Giacchini is a, is a also a familiar um, MLS yes. player for that's you know been in the league for a little while. And their big sort of uh, international signing outside of Klaus, Klaus is a DP, um, is Roman Berkey, goalkeeper, uh, previously played with Borussia Dortmund, um, has played uh, played with them for a long time, actually. Um, and he came over towards the end of last year. I think he actually played with the, the St. Louis City team in MLS um, uh, uh, Next Pro um, for a few games last year. So, MJ, am I missing anybody? Anybody else uh, that we should um... highlight? Jake Nerwinski, um, longtime uh, fullback in the league. Uh, they got him in the, I assume, in the expansion draft. And Tim Parker, center back. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I forget about yeah Tim Parker. Um, uh, Indiana Vasilev, uh, who people may remember, uh, scored a couple of brilliant goals against Minnesota last yeah, year. I thought that name sounded familiar. Yeah, he was, I think, out on loan, um, and they brought him back. Uh, from from loan or he they they bought his rights from whichever team and then they brought him back oh I think they I think they drafted him in the expansion draft actually um when he was on I can't remember what team he was Inter Miami Inter Miami yes that's he scored with with Inter Miami against us um and then actually um but he had to, his rights were actually owned by an English team so they had to like they had to buy his basically buy his rights um and then uh Jared Stroud is actually a name who's been he's been around for a little while in MLS as well. So they're you know it's a team that um, they play a four four two. They really it's a team of they've gotten like I said they've gotten crazy lucky with some of their um, with some of their goals that have been gifted. Um, literally like defenders passing it back straight into oncoming on rushing St. Louis players, um, but they they typically tend to play a a high press. Um, so they're, they're forcing these teams to make mistakes um, and then they're capitalizing on them. So it's going to be up to Minnesota to, you know, they're going to, they'll have all their players back from international break. Uh, I don't think anybody got hurt and, and no one played too many crazy minutes. So no one, you know, so they should have a full complement of players. So it'd be interesting, you know, the teams that um, St. Louis has played have been, you know, all for the most part, not like super great. Um, at least in terms of being able to defend. Um, so we interested to see Minnesota has been typically pretty good defensively, not making too many mistakes. Um, if they can continue to do that and sort of frustrate St. Louis, because, you know, St. Louis has had to make a couple of comebacks. I believe the, the game against Atlanta, they came back from behind and the Portland match. Uh, they also had to come back from behind Um but there are other, you know, three other games they've, they've basically just blown out the doors off the team. So if Minnesota can be smart at the beginning of the game and the beginning of the second half and not uh, make stupid mistakes and, and you know, concede a, a goal, a quick goal, they could frustrate uh, St. Louis and then, you know, sort of absorb that pressure, counter, break them down. And we've seen Minnesota, you know, doesn't need a ton of chances. They've been their chances that they've been getting have been much better. They've been in much better spots. They're not shooting from 30 yards out every time. They're actually getting the ball into the box um, and making, and those are where their shots are coming from, which is good. They are not shooting as much as they did last year. Um, and their actually attempts on goal are, are actually down considerably from last year. So it's really very important for the team to um, play as a unit much like with St. Louis. So uh, am I missing anything, MJ or Jess, on this? Just that their five wins have come up against Austin, 
recent expansion team, Clint FC, recent expansion team, Portland Timbers having a horrible start to the year, San Jose having a horrible start, and Salt Lake that are just Salt Lake. Now, to be fair, Austin's was to open the season in Austin and winning at that crazy baseball pitch that they call soccer field in Portland is not easy and winning at altitude in Salt Lake is not easy. So uh, I will give them credit. However, playing against Minnesota and then going to Seattle are really their first two big tests because then they get the, then they get Cincinnati. So um, anyway, uh, which I could be wrong. Are Cincinnati good this year? (laughs) They're very good this year. Okay. So, so, so now, like they're in second, second place in the Eastern Conference right now. So. You know, Minnesota not usually you know a powerhouse, but up in the table right now, we're undefeated. Minnesota, Seattle, and Cincinnati. This is going to be a really good, good test. A much better test of where St. Louis is in the grand scheme of the MLS than their first five matches. I uh, wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah, Austin. Remember they were they were getting ready for CONCACAF uh, Champions League. Um, Portland's sitting in ninth place right now. Uh, RSL is in uh, 10th place. Um, and uh, CLT is in Charlotte's in 14th place over in the Eastern Conference. So again, you're right, not the not the powerhouse um, teams of the league. But, you know, those all the points count. You still got to beat the teams that are on their schedule, right? So They're in first points. place for a reason, and that's because they win games. So 15 points is, is a lot of points to, ba- to put in the bank, you know? So... Um, and they won five games in, you know, you know how long it took Minnesota to win five games in his expansion? <laughs> <laughs> no, please tell me. Fucking time. So um that was that was that was actually the number that Grant Wall uh, predicted. So um we think we won our sixth game. That's when we unveiled our we know you know nothing Grant Wall scarf. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, everybody predicted St. Louis City to be last in the league. So they're 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 defining expectations. So I think it'll be an interesting match for Minnesota. Um you know, if, if they play their they're sort of their the same style they've been playing, would they get those wingers running at um running at the the um St. Louis defenders? They're you know, the St. Louis defenders are not uh they're not world beaters by any by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and so they can make they can make them make mistakes, but it really is gonna be, you know, keeping Klaus and Giacchini in front of you, not giving up, not making stupid mistakes like the, the team like Minnesota has done. And that other every other MLC must continue to do for St. Louis City um, because St. Louis makes you pay for those mistakes. Um, whereas you know Julian Gressel shoots the ball into you know the 18th row, um, Joao Klaus puts the ball in the back of the net when when those when those mistakes happen. So it'll be interesting. What do we got for predictions on this one, guys? Loons lose three to one. Three to one. Okay. Jess, what you got? God, I don't know. I'm going to say, oh, what am I going to say? I'm going to say we draw. draw. One, one. One, draw. one, one. Um, cool. I think, you know what? I think, I think, uh, I think this is a, a high scoring draw. I think it's a two, two draw. I think we get, we get fries out of this game from McDonald's, but uh, we don't come away with uh, all three points and we stay undefeated though. Um, I know there's about 100, almost 120 people going down to this game uh, for Minnesota, so it's going to be very loud, which I think will be really cool for the fans. Um, I heard that that the soccer stadium there is um, like uh, just amazing, so I'm curious. Sure. To hear, I'm here curious to hear 
from everybody um, how that is. Um, so yeah, so 7.30 in St. Louis, if you're going to the game, uh, congratulations, have fun. Um, I'm actually going to the Chicago game in a in a, a couple weeks. Um, unfortunately, tickets, I think, are, are um, the supporter section tickets are, are done being sold. But if you still want to go, um, I'm sure you could probably buy a ticket anywhere else in the stadium and then come stand with us. Um, it is at Soldier Field. <coughs> the team couldn't sell out Bridgeview, so I don't think they're going to sell out um, Soldier Field. Uh, and then there's actually going to be a, a cool, um, we're doing a supporter uh, meetup soccer match uh, before the game on Saturday, as well as a, a possibly a night before party. Um, and then hopefully, and then definitely a tailgate before the hand, before games. Chicago does always does a really good tailgate. So if you are going down to Chicago, hit me up. Uh, I'm taking the train down on Friday with some people. Um, we're going to get weird on the train. So. Woo! I can't wait to hear about train weirdness. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, former guest uh, of the pod, uh, Mel. Um, it will be coming yeah, with Mel. us and uh, 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 David Kelly, former fellow, fellow Red Loon, um, plus some other Bucket Hat Brigade people. So it'll be yeah, Kelly. It'll be it'll be a good good fun time. So uh, MJ, anything else uh, before we wrap this thing up? I just want to talk briefly about the U.S. Open Cup. I will not go over all the matches. There were a lot of first round matches uh, in lower division. Thank you. So- soccer teams. Uh, we're just going to focus on the Midwest region because those are the teams that, as they propagate through, will play a Chicago Fire, will play a Minnesota United, will play a Sporting Kansas City, more likely than not. So looking at the Midwest, uh, Cleveland SC beat Lions Bridge FC, um, which is, they're out of Virginia. So I don't know why Cleveland was playing, but anyway, the uh, so Cleveland will take on the Richmond Kickers, um, get to play another Virginian team. Then we look to Beeman. Beeman yeah. United out of Nashville played the Des Moines Menace. Uh, Des Moines Menace beat them three to nothing. And they move on to play Chattanooga FC in from the NISA. So that's USL League Two versus the NISA. And then uh, the most Midwestern matchup of all, uh, Chicago House AC from NISA beat Bavarian United. Um and so the Milwaukee Bavarians lose. They will not go through, sadly. Chicago House wins one nothing, which sets up the Peter Wilt Derby mm-hmm. in the second round for Madison FC hosting Chicago House. Two teams that Peter Wilt helped launch. He is the godfather of Midwestern soccer. I do not know the date. It's somewhere in April 4th to 6th, and I don't know if the specific dates and times have been announced yet. But yeah. if, if you are going to be in Madison... Middle of the week, April 4th through 6th. Check them out. Uh, yeah, I believe April 4th at 6 p.m. Um, at Bree Stevens for oh, Madison, thank you. Madison, Chicago. Um, that'll be a fun Ooh. game. Um, and then Minnesota United joins the uh, in the next round, in round three, I believe. So um, it's a very, very real possibility that the winner of that game, the Madison-Chicago game, might be playing Minnesota. So. so if you have vacation time, you know, go Sunday, watch the Gophers play the Badgers at the Badger Stadium and then and then stay a couple days and, and watch Ford Madison play Chicago House. I think that's a great three days, uh two days of watching soccer. What's yep. not to love? And the Des Moines Chattanooga match is on Wednesday the fifth uh as well. And then Omaha joins as well um on the fifth. Uh they play El Paso um in in Omaha. So um those are all potential um I mean there's a few more but those are all potential opponents for Minnesota. 
United. So cool. Go Union Omaha. All right. Well, let's wrap up there. Um, let's thank you for keeping it nice and sure. I know we, we started a little bit later because I was watching the U.S. men's national team beat up. I hate it when I What's wait that? on you, Zeller. What's that, MJ? Nations League, Mexico and the U.S. go through to the to the final four of the A part of of Concacaf Nations League, and yep. two big matchups tomorrow. Uh, the the Panama versus Costa Rica match. The winner of that will will go through to the final four. And what's the other one, David? Canada, Honduras, and I believe yes. the winner of that one goes through as well. Yep. So, so in, the, in Canada, to play four in those last two matches uh, in the A bracket tomorrow yep so all right well let's wrap it up um thanks everybody for listening thank you guys jess and mj for participating uh in this ridiculous thing that we do rate review the podcast wherever you get it uh patreon.com slash the days i know dms are open (laughs) dms are open um you can find those dms at jessica one four four zero eight three niner two two uh or at tdakmn um if you send them there that direction i'll make sure they get forwarded to the correct person uh, I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is always as at MJ Matsui. Um, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, we've been the days you know. This is this is the days I know. The days I know. Dave. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. We have to try and work it out because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.